so we can bless baby with that name. Because in an, in a name is identity. Father, so we thank you so much. Are we going to start with Grandpa? You're going to read for us? I'm going to hold the mic for him. <clears throat> yeah, you can hold it for him then. He can just focus on that. That's 100%. Right. Good morning, church. I've been asked to select a Bible reading. Hi, son. Hi, son. Hello, hello. There we go. I'll start again. Good morning, church. I've been asked to, I've been asked to select a biblical reading to dedicate Kalina to the Lord today. I've chosen a reading from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. I'll be reading from the King James Version. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. A blessing for Kalina. Father God, thank you for giving us this beautiful child, Kalina. Lord, please bless Kalina and draw her to yourself Watch over her all the days of her life and give her footsteps along your chosen path for her. We pray that you will bless her with a sensitivity to your voice. Inspire her mind for the things of God. Anoint her actions and choices so that her choices lead her into life eternal with you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will enable Kalina to live a life that brings glory to your name and your kingdom in everything she undertakes. We know that whatever your plan is for her life, you will equip her with all the necessary gifts she needs to glorify your name. We pray that Kalina's life will be a beacon of light, always pointing others back to you. And we pray this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. All right, let's go over to you. Grandpa, maybe you must hold for Chris. There we go. Thanks. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for being here this morning to friends and family and the church. <clears throat> we um, have a verse that we have selected from her. It's amazing how God talks to a person. I sat down early this week, and I was like, Lord, where do I start? How do I even begin to look for a verse? But he led me to Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. And it goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the wonderful gift of Kalina. Today we make a public declaration to bring Kalina up in the ways of the Lord and promise to keep our home a Christian one with the Lord Jesus at the center. We ask for your guidance as parents and wisdom to teach and bring Kalina up to become a young woman exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit and to be a delight to us as parents. We pray for her to be filled with the love and peace of the Holy Spirit and to always keep you, Lord, at the center of her life. We pray for her safety and for your presence and well-being as she grows up, both physically and spiritually. We pray this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. 
Father, we thank you so much for Kalina. And I first want to come and just pray for you guys as parents. I want you to see that God is for you and not against you. And the enemy wants to take your eyes off of what you have and focus on what you don't have. And God says, I, I am with you. You might not get it right perfect. You might lose it. And that's 100%. But I see how God is in your house. He's there. He sees your prayers. He sees your tears. He sees your frustration. He says, that's okay. I have got you and I've got a plan. Father, thank you for Kalina in our Research, we found that Kalina means love and affection. And also, um, that the name is connected with a tree of life. Okay? Which symbolizes courage and wisdom and protection. And Caitlin means pure, clean, lovely. And that she'll be a ladylike. Alright? Not with the screaming right now. But it will come. <laughs> and Proverbs 3 verse... Three says, this is a scripture we found. Let the love and the faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet. Then you will favor, win favor, and a good name in the sight of God. Father, we just anoint this little baby right now. We anoint the mom and dad, and we bless them. We bless her with this name. We bless her with identity. We bless her with health and with healing and with strength. And we bless these parents with courage to raise their children against culture. Lord, and that they would live out an example for her and that she would follow in it. In Jesus' name. And I wish you guys can see how this little baby is looking at me right now. Father, we thank you for in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. With this, we give you the certificate um, with all the blessings on. And then it's a little read-up on a book called, Will You Bless Me? So you can just read through that. If you want to buy the book, go buy the book. Let's give them a hand. It's such an honor to to walk with parents and you know you can't walk as close to everybody as you wish in your heart you could but, but it's such an honor to bless them and be part of that so this morning we we we, we continue our journey through matthew and we're in matthew 12 and we are reading from verse verse normally it's up there on the board I did all my homework. There we go. Matthew 12, verse 38. So I want you to see the following things. That up until this point, Jesus has been doing quite a lot of miracles. John describes every miracle as a sign that He is God. Because how many of us can walk around and do miracles? Just please put up your hands. I want to come and visit you. And I've got some problem with my shoulders. You know? We can't heal people. Can't. Well, I don't have the power to, but God has the power. And there's the difference between spiritual healing, and I want you to take note of this, spiritual healing and divine healing. 
People tap into the Spirit by the wrong Spirit, and then they start healing people. And then they think, wow, I can heal people. It's a spiritual healing. As church, as the Bible teaches against spiritual healing, the Bible teaches for divine healing, that God heals. All right, so I want to be a little bit controversial this morning. Is that okay? Will you forgive me if I'm a little bit controversial? What is the Satanist God's name? Lucifer. Okay. Can you see that God is a title and he has a name? What is the Muslim's God title name? Allah. What's the Buddhist God's name? Hmm. And what is the Hare Krishna's God's name? Okay, I don't know. I don't much care. The question is, what is the Christian God's name? You see, what's the name given above all names? And what name are people healed? And what name are demons cast out? What is the name of the mediator that between man and God? There's one name given. Jesus. Jesus. See, can you see that there's a name attached to it? This is important. It's very important. So divine healing works through the name of Jesus. Prayer works through the name of Jesus. Jesus. Who do we pray to? We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know how to pray, and I have this quite often, where I'm in a place that I don't know what to pray, I say, Holy Spirit, would you please help me? Really, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I want to speak to my Father. You see, it's so easily we call our Heavenly Father our Father. And how often do we visit with Him? How often do we visit with Him? You see, I want you to see that God is not into religion. Jesus hates religion. You can write this down. If somebody asks me, am I a religious person? I say, no, not at all. I am not a religious person. Jesus wasn't a religious person. He was a relationship person. He had relationship. He said, my father and I are one. So what does religion look like? Well, if you, I watch British soccer. Um, I follow Man U. All man, any Man U fans in here? Good. Any Liverpool fans in here? I'm feeling sorry for you, Oaks, at the moment. Watford beat you. Um, but it's strange. Every one of those soccer players run on the pitch with the same thing. They all go... I don't know why they do that. They take the ground, they hop, scotch, and then they do this. And now they're going to play good soccer. Why are they doing this? It's a religious act. It is saying, if I do this action, I'll have favor with God. So if I recite a certain part of passage over and over and over and over and over, I'll have favor with God. That's religion. It's a religious activity. We call that, we've got that language, I do it religiously. You know? 
have a cup of coffee in the morning. I have a cup of coffee when I wake up religiously. It's just a habit. It doesn't talk about relationship. I want to show you this morning from this passage. That's just an intro. I'll send the offerings around for, for free for now. Okay, so let's read it this. Then the scribes and the Pharisees answered. The scribes and the Pharisees are the religious people. Please don't look down on them. Because it, there's something of that in each one of us. There's something that we must be very careful of being judgmental towards the scribes and the Pharisees. Because um, Romans 2 says what we judge people of, we stand guilty ourselves. So look at this. The scribes and the Pharisees says, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Okay, we've got 12 chapters according to this gospel of signs. Now they come and say, we want signs. 12 chapters of your life where God has been faithful, when God has carried you to this morning, today, still alive. And what do we say? Just give me a sign, Lord, that you're with me. Lord, just do something that I can know you're with me. Don't we talk like that? Or is it just me? <laughs> and we say, Father, please, I need to know that you are here. I need to know that I'm not standing on the stage naked in front of people. Father, I, don't, I, need, I need to know that you're with me in my marriage. I need, give me a sign, Lord, our finances, my children. I need a sign that that's us. See, listen to this. And, but he answered, Jesus answered him, and evil, adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Father, I'm so sorry for being adulterous. What's the adultery here? It's running after the sign and not the giver of the sign. That's the adultery here. Forgive me. I'm running there. You see, but no sign will be given to it but a sign of Jonah the prophet. So what's the sign of Jonah the prophet? Don't page it. So at the time, Nineveh was skinning Jews alive. Do you know that? They were skinning them alive and making them walk in the city and putting them on poles. They were cruel. Nineveh was a cruel town, city, and they were skinning these Jews. If they found a Jew, they skinned them. Imagine being flayed, walking around alive. Imagine that pain. So what happens? God says to Jonah, Jew, I want you to go to Nineveh and go tell them. Now, if you read from the, in the Old Testament, they actually related. They related. It's full family. But this part of the family the mafia, mother. <laughs> they got an uncle in the furniture business, in the flaying business. That's the city of Nineveh. And that's part of the family. They're still just seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord. And God says, I want one of you to go to Nineveh. What's he saying in his mind? Nope. I'm not willing to be flayed. I'm not willing to be cut and my skin peeled off. And they're most probably going to listen and repent. And what about all those other people that they killed so cruelly? You see, it still happens today. Where we skin people. We skin them alive with our words and our actions and our judgment and our superiority. Because we can pay the bills, but they can't. So there's something wrong with them. 
There are still pharaohs today where we pay people minimum wage and they living wage, a minimum wage. And God's crying says, let my people go. Let them go. And there's a little Pharaoh in my heart. You see, because all of us want something. We want something. We want a sign. We, there's some ambition in our side of us. There's some, and we're seeking that. And you know what? We will flay some people. And we'll be Pharaoh to some people. God says, okay, no, uh, Jonah, I'm going to send the whale. And the whale's going to swallow you. I actually read in the newspaper, or not the newspaper, on, I don't read the newspaper, um, on uh, social media, that there was a guy recently swallowed by a whale. And also, he left to tell the tale. He said it became dark suddenly. <laughs> I can imagine. Now imagine being in a whale's stomach for three days. What's that stomach acid do to you? It eats your skin. So by the time he got spat out, he looked like one of those flayed Jews. Plus he stank. You know, you've got to give him some fish flavor. Okay. Now this guy that is bleeding, this acid, stomach acid, has charred his skin, walks into the city of Nineveh and he proclaims the gospel. Repent. That's the gospel. Repent. Away from your wicked ways. Stop flaying people. Stop pulling the skin off them. Stop killing them and expecting them to live. That's the gospel. That's where we live. He, spe he speaks. Listen to what it says. For Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the, of the whale. So will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. What's the sign? There's only one sign. We're going to get there. Okay. Then the men of Nineveh will stand up in the judgment. There's a day of judgment coming. There is a day of judgment. This is not making you scared. If you're saved, you don't, you're not scared of judgment. All right, And now people go around, please don't judge me. It's only God's jo job to judge me. I want to tell you that's arrogant. I would rather you come to me and judge me. Because then I can still change. I can still remedy me. I can still say, whoa, you know what? You're right. Because the most people that are so defensive of being judged are the ones that are so guilty in their sin. That they're not willing to listen to the gospel. It's God's job to judge me. Please, if you find something wrong in me, come tell me. I'm going to go sit down and I'm going to go pray and I'm going to go to friends and have some introspection and I'm going to read my Bible and say, Lord, is this true? And if it's true, I'll repent because I still can do it. But when that judgment comes, there's no more time for turning around. That's it. So, I'd rather say that. But in the day of judgment with this generation, and we'll condemn it. Who will condemn it? Nineveh will condemn this generation. He's talking to religious people. People that don't want to believe. They don't want to repent. don't want to change their heart. don't want to change their lives and say, I am going to pursue the Lord. No, I'm going to pursue religious activities. I'm going to pursue to live on this certain standard of life. 
I'm going to pursue being diplomatic. I'm going to pursue in just having my poker face. Everything's, how's it going? Now as well. At least we're not like that. Looking down on people. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Jonah was never dead. He was just eaten by acid. And behold, someone greater than Jonah is here. This is Jesus saying, he says, I'm greater than Jonah. If none of you repented because of, of Jonah, you ought to repent of me. Because of me, says Jesus. No, not because of me, because of him. All right, next one. The queen of the south will rise up in judgment with this generation and will condemn it. Who is the queen of the south? You can remember the story. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, someone greater than Solomon is here. You see, 1 Corinthians 1. Where is the wise? It's verse 20. Where is the scribe? Can you see the wise and the religious? Where are they? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, through the world through wisdom, not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But what do we preach? We preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. For those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world, to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame that which is mighty. You see, this is the sign that we're looking for. We're looking for where we are, and we're functioning in our wisdom. The Greek and the Jew. Where am I? Or can I say, I'm looking for the Lord? Let's put our next scripture up on the board. Thank you. You see, Abraham wanted a family. Abraham's biggest desire in his heart was a son. And then God gave him a son, and then God said, okay, you take that son, that dream, that thing that you wanted so badly, and you bring a come and sacrifice him to me. And Abraham did not hold back his dream, the ambition in his heart, the hope, everything he lived for. He said, okay, Lord. I'm going to bring it to you, and I'm going to burn him alive. I'm going to kill him and burn him. And God provided. And listen to what you... And after these things, the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. And this part gets my heart going. 
and your exceedingly great reward. What's he saying? Abraham, I see you want me, not what I can do. Abraham, I see that your heart is seeking me, not the gifting, not what I can give you, not, oh, this big descendant, number of descendants. No, you are seeking me because you are willing to take that and sacrifice it. I am your reward. You can call me father. And God changed his name and made him, God attached his name to Abram and made him Abraham. You know, when people heard that, what happened? They got scared. There's Abraham. There was a hum going on. Not Abram, Abraham. God's with him. Second Kings. Solomon is king. He needs to rule the world. Listen to what he wants. Give thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I might discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people. What did he want? He wanted wisdom. He needed wisdom. God said, because you didn't choose for yourself riches and fame, but wisdom to God's will. God gave him everything. Next one. Judges. Samson. This is for the, for the married people. Samson, he had a very good display, paradigm of a marriage. You see, when his mother went to work in, 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 in the field, an angel appeared to her and said, you fall pregnant, you should call the baby Samson. So she went to her husband. All right? And she said, this is what the Lord says. And the husband says, who is this that comes to speak to my wife when I am not present? Who's this? You see, ma'am, sir, you need to be protective of your wife. Not anyone can just take her for coffee. It doesn't work that way. No one just phones her and speaks to her on the phone. They say, who's this speaking to my wife? That's not controlling, that's protection. Samson had this displayed before him. So they said to his wife, next time that guy comes to speak to you, you call me. What did she do? She submitted. She listened. All right. And she came and called him. And then the man did the dirty work. Men, you do the dirty work. If it's not going in the finances and the banks start calling, you do the dirty work. You take the call. You stand up. And he went to him, who are you, sir? He says, an angel appears to his wife. And he says, the man of the house goes to the angel and says, who are you to speak to my wife? Tell me. Who are you? Who do you think you are to come and speak to my wife when I'm not present? And he said, oh, well, well, I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm an angel of the Lord. That's who I am. Oh, now speak to me. Now you speak to me. You speak to the man of the house. Madam, you want your man to rise up? How's about a little bit of submission? It's not controlling. It's not domination. We cry out. We live in a world where they cry out. We want to see real men. Men, start doing the dirty things. You start facing the wall. 
You start taking that when you get frustrated to the world out there and the spirit on your knees. You start doing the dirty work, the grind, and you will see her just come in underneath you and your protection. Now, Samson grew up with this. What did Samson want? Samson wanted a wife. So Samson went to Timnah, and he saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Once again, we don't marry into that part of the family. Okay? This is where... The... And he came and told his father and his mother, can you see when the dad is doing the things right? And mom is doing the things right where the children will go for advice to mom and dad. Doesn't mean they're going to listen, but they'll come speak to you. And said, I've seen a woman. She's hot. I saw some hottie there from the Philistines. Because there's no man that wants to marry. Or let me put it, rephrase it. Every man wants to be his trophy wife. Okay. Every man wants a woman that makes him happy, that satisfies his eyes, and that he trusts with his heart. And every woman wants a once a knight in shining white armor to take her on a voyage and to conquer something and not to conquer her. Women don't want to be conquered. They want to go with you on a journey to conquer something. They want to enjoy life. They want to say, go on an adventure with you. Young man, when you start looking for a wife, at least know what your adventure is going to be. Where you're going to take her, what you want to do with her. Because you come knocking at somebody's a dad's door. Say, sir, I like your daughter. So what are you going to offer her? Where are you taking her? Then we're going to do bad boys on you, okay? <laughs> we're going to do a bad boy scene on you. You're punk. You're smoking grass. What's wrong with you knocking on my door? You don't have a plan. You must be stupid because you're definitely not brave. <laughs> I've seen a woman of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, go and get her for me as a wife. And the father and the mother said to him, Isn't there a woman amongst us, our daughters, among our people, that you can take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? Samuel said to him, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. There's a lesson in you. Not everything that pleases you with your eyes is good for you. For the grown men, that X-rated stuff, it ain't good for you. It might please you, but it's not good for you. In the world we live in now, I can say the same for women. It's not good for you. It's not how it ought to be. Put away the evil. Don't go there. Not everything that's pleasing. Within this, this guy could have been saved a lot of pain if he had honored his mom and dad. You see, even though they're not perfect, you honor them. And you don't honor them if you don't reach out to them. If you don't reach out to your parents, you don't forgive you don't try to build that relationship. Understanding that it might even hurt your heart, you're not honoring them. Find one good thing in them and speak about that. My dad was a six foot seven psychopath. Really certified. Okay. There weren't many good things about my dad. But I found something in him. 
And it took me years to find it. And then I started speaking about that. And suddenly, I could see more good things about my dad. My dad was a very, very hard worker. He could put 18 hours in a day for months. He was a hard worker, determined hard worker. That is good. Not many people can do that. And the minute I saw that, I could start seeing what a fun, loving guy he actually was. He was a fun guy. He was a little, you know, he's a giant 10-year-old. Because all he wanted to do was play Sky Electric and golf. And it was a fun element. I could see good in him where no one else could see. He said, do you want it to go well with your life? Do you want your children to see the good in you? You start seeing the good in your parents. You start honoring them and speaking. Otherwise, you are sowing seeds that you don't want to harvest. You don't want to harvest. I spoke to a lady a couple of months ago, maybe a year or two now. And she said, you know what? Her daughter, which is now a young lady, doesn't want to talk to her, doesn't want to connect with her. She, she doesn't even want to take her phone calls. And they used to be very close. But they just doesn't want to talk to her. She says, oh, I said, okay. And I knew this woman's history. So I said to her, tell me, when you were 18, what did you do? She says, I packed my bags, I left my mom, and I went to Cape Town to study there as far away from my mother as I can come. Oh, I want you to see this. God's not mocked. Whatever man soweth, he will reap. Whatever you sow, you will reap. I say, you need to go and repent and say, Lord, sorry that I rejected my mom and ran away. Sorry that I rejected my mom, never wanted to reach out, never wanted to speak to, never wanted to, because you are experiencing that exact same thing. Matthew 7, verse 1 and 2. Whatever measure you measure, you will measure. Whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged. And suddenly that's on her, and she's breaking her heart. I said, how do you think it made your mother feel when you moved 1,600 kilometers away and didn't want to speak to her? Wouldn't come home for holidays. You see, you, you planted that seed. It's now, was your mom perfect? No, she wasn't perfect. Honor your mom and dad so that it might be well with you. That's a promise. You see, Jesus comes in this text. We go back to Matthew 12. And he, he says the. He says, the greater one is yeah. This is the sign. There's one sign. It's not a church. It's not religious activities. It's seeing the cross for what the cross is. The world says the cross is foolishness. The world says there's no wisdom in that. Are you stupid? Somebody died and rose from the dead. You're not normal. The world says, give me a sign. Show me to you. Jesus, I've got a sign for you. See what Jonah did? I'm going to go to the grave and I'm going to be in the belly of the earth for three days. And I'm going to rise up. Why? Because I want relationship with you. Repent means walk away from the world and walk to Him. That's what repent means. It says, whatever you're doing here, that is not of God. Leave. Go back. Don't, well, don't wait for a sign. An evil generation waits for a sign. 
Don't wait for a miracle. There's a greater one here than the one that does signs. There's a greater one here than wisdom. He is the giver of signs and the giver of wisdom. He is the Father. And unto us is born a child. And upon him, upon his shoulders weigh the government. And we will call him Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. Who fits that bill? Jesus. Isaiah 53 is the one chapter that the Rabbis don't preach in their synagogues because there's one man in the whole of generation that fits the bill, and that's Jesus Christ. That's the sign. Would you please close your eyes? Bow your heads. We do it every Sunday. It's not religious because I have got no greater job than to introduce people to Jesus, to bring people to a place where they say, I don't want to be religious anymore. I don't want to walk around with signs. I don't want to play, play. I know that signs and wonders and healing, it's temporary. What do you mean temporary? Well, because your body's going to die. But what is permanent is your spirit. And that's going to live for existence, for, exist for eternity. Whether it's going to exist in hell or heaven, that's your choice. That's your choice. I want to give you the, the opportunity this morning. Every head bow, every pair of eyes closed, please. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to choose to believe the sign that Jesus died on a cross. To choose to believe that. And to confess it with your mouth and believe it with your heart. And we all, we do it together in our congregation. So please pray after me. If you want to, if it's what you believe, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you in your inside, I cannot convict you. I cannot, I cannot, I don't have the ability to make you believe in your heart the truth about Jesus. The Scripture and the Holy Spirit has to do that. Father, I come to you this morning and I repent. I am sorry for chasing after the things of the world. Even chasing after gifts that you give. Chasing after signs and wonders. I come now after you. And I believe with my heart that Jesus died on a cross. That he was in the belly of the earth for three days. And that he rose again. And that he too is God. Jesus, please come and be my God. Please come and write my name in your book of life. I receive you into my life. Thank you for saving me right now. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every pair of eyes closed, please. If you've prayed that for the first time today or something, why don't you just look at me? If you've never prayed there, we invite Jesus into your heart. If you've never done that, just look at me, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that when one person comes to salvation, there's a party in heaven. It brings joy to the throne room. 
Father, thank you for what you've done this morning. Thank you for your word. Lord, and help us to not seek after signs and wonders. In Jesus' name, amen. Please will you stand, and I want to bless you this morning. Another one of the seasons of blessing is a weekly blessing. We don't just do this because it's in a, re a religious activity. It is a weekly blessing that I trust the Lord for, to bless you. So would you have your hands open to receive as ambassador of heaven. I come and bless you now. Father, I bless every person that can hear my voice with your presence. That you might become a reality as to Abraham. I am your exceedingly great reward. I bless you this morning with the presence of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's go have some coffee and muffins. Nothing was spared.